We're going to continue along in our series this morning, uh, a series called Living by the Book. Living by the Book. And I'm going to tell you, and I probably should have told you up front, you're only going to get as much out of this series as you are willing to surrender. We don't like the S word. Okay. (laughs) You're only going to get as much out of this series as you are willing to relinquish to God. Still there. Let me preach. Let me preach. Uh, Let's go this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 4, the gospel according to St. Luke in the fourth chapter. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, Luke chapter 4. And it may be a familiar passage of scripture, but we all know that those are the most dangerous because we have a tendency to sit back on them. But God's word is alive. Luke chapter 4. If you have your copy of God's word, you can meet me there. Luke chapter 4. I'll begin reading at the first verse. And the word of God says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. (laughs) The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from there. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Until an opportune time. Let's pray. Father, oh God, we magnify you, Lord. We honor you, glorify you, God. We lift you high. Oh, Lord, draw us in, God, and allow us to see, allow us to hear, allow us to feel, allow us to be pressed and shaped by your goodness and by your glory for your purpose and for your will. Oh, Lord, let the weight of your glory be among us, God. Oh, Lord, not just for an experience, Lord, 
but that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, uh, we pray grace and peace over all that are gathered here, every household represented here. We pray, Lord, that you would remove every distraction, every hindering God thought, uh, Lord, that would uh, stand in the way of the clear passage of your word, Lord. Be it in our minds, be it in my mouth, Lord, open the way. We pray for those that are witnessing, Lord, online, God, allow them to experience you in a powerful way. Lord, we thank you for this. I ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I have scanned the room, and in scanning the room, I believe in this company of saints, of holy ones, that you've likely heard the story of David and Goliath. If you haven't, I can catch you up afterwards, but it was an epic battle. Uh, And if you've heard the story of David and Goliath, you uh, likely also remember what kind of weapon David used to slay the giant. Uh, Do we know what kind of weapon David used to slay the giant? Slinging a stone, slinging a stone, slinging a stone. Yeah. And then David used something after that, but more more on that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Because of that story, David was a childhood hero of many a Sunday school child. (laughs) Um, It's not until we got uh, older, until we're older, that we recognize David didn't win every battle. Uh, There were some battles, uh, most of the physical battles David could do, most of that hand-to-hand combat David could deal with, but there were some other battles that David didn't win. Uh, um, so, so I'm thankful because David didn't win every battle that, that I don't have to just rely on him to be uh, my, my hero. We have a better hero and a more intense battle in front of us in this text than David and Goliath. You, you don't see it yet. There's, there's no bloodshed, but, but trust, trust me, the stakes are so much higher. The stakes are high. Um, but the text, the text today will not only focus, not only focuses on the identity of this, this champion that we have now, but also happens to highlight the weapon that he uses. Huh? And I, and I suggest, I want to suggest today that it should also be our weapon. And the title of the message is Our Weapon against temptation. Our weapon against temptation. It's going to be, it's it's a hard message, especially with people who've never experienced temptation. Amen. Let me, let me, let me talk to the, the AV team over here. Let me, it's, it's, Y'all going to pray with me, and we're going to go, Luke, we're here in Luke, the, uh, um, Luke, uh, the physician, the Gentile, the historian, 
he, he shares an orderly account of the eyewitness, watch this, testimony regarding the things that Jesus carried out in his life in ministry. Eyewitness. Uh, he is, he's careful to note his, uh, 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 Jesus' interactions, especially with marginalized people. With the, uh, the, the outsiders, I, I, so I, I, like, I, I like Luke, uh, um, but here he points to the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, showing how he qualifies to represent mankind and carry on God's work of redemption in the world. Uh, Luke is, is, is making, there's a point being made, um, uh, just a thought for you to hold on to, uh, As our representative, Jesus overcomes and leaves a blueprint for the passing, for passing the testing of temptation. As our representative, Jesus overcomes and leaves a blueprint for passing the testing of temptation. That's what Jesus has done. The the confrontation here might not seem like much of a battle to you. Uh, um, Like like two folks engaged in casual conversation, banter back and forth. Uh, But just like Eve's chat in the garden with the snake, it's actually spiritual warfare that's taking place here. If there's a, a, a God's glory and will is the ground that's to be gained and not surrendered. And Jesus is not willing to give an inch. Watch, Jesus, uh, he, he likely shares this encounter uh, with his disciples so they would know what to do when it's time for them to face the battle. Uh, after his baptism in the Jordan, where he made his, his public identification with God's people. I'm with you. Uh, where, where God the Father, this was in chapter 3, God the Father identified him as his beloved son and testified that he was already well pleased with him before he even started the earthly ministry. Uh, after the visible presence of the Holy Spirit, like a dove, in the form of a dove, the anointing had rested on Jesus. You might expect what comes next to be a, a celebration with a feast uh, uh, or, or a red carpet, at least a red carpet entrance into Jerusalem. But instead, in Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Uh, we, we, we had to resist the urge uh, to see Jesus as a victim under attack in this scenario. Uh, These verses let us know that he actually came to this this conflict on 
a mission and prepared for that mission with fasting. I, 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 I can imagine in, in this day a, a boxer entering the arena and you know be, as he goes down before he gets into the ring, he's done all this preparation and he's going in for battle. I, 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 Jesus showed up willingly. And Jesus willingly here, he takes on the redeeming mission of God that Israel had failed to carry out. Where Israel uh, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years due to disobedience and distrusting the Lord, Jesus in his 40 days in the wilderness puts the people of God as you were on his back and, and faces the testing that they couldn't face. He's a better hero, champion. But, 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 but the story, as the story, uh, it begins to open. If you, if you didn't know the end, you would say, how would, but how would Jesus do out in this deserted place alone? Well, first thing we need to remember is he's not alone. That just resonated with somebody. You're not alone. Uh, uh, he's not alone. These two verses here let us see that Jesus operating in both, he's operating in both the supernatural and the natural. Uh, the, the first thing we learn is that Jesus is full of and led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, he, that's the Spirit of God uh, in, in, in his humanity. He, he will live out his earthly ministry under the guidance of the Father through the Holy Spirit in the power of the Spirit. Um, everyone, by the way, who, who belongs to him has this same opportunity and calling to be filled and led by the Spirit in the power of the Spirit. Um, uh, before we go on, one quick note uh, about this spiritual life that we see here. Because I know it sounds good. I want to be led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit. Um, the Scripture also shows us that everything that, that's in God's will for us won't always be glamorous. It won't always be that glamorous, joyful thing that we want or think it should be. Um, uh, who wants to be <laughs> fasting and having to deal with temptations for 40 days. The, the spirit-led life is about God's will and God's glory. Uh, so, so, so we had to recognize it. And God's will might just be that you endure something you'd rather not. If it's for his glory. I knew it would get quiet. <laughs> I have amens in my spirit, though. I don't, uh, it, how about this? If, if the spirit only leads you into exciting things or things you think will fulfill you, you may not be being fully led by him. This is a good, just a good check-in for our, our own experience. And, and there also, even though... That it's, it's supernatural, but even though Jesus lives the Spirit-led life, verse 2 reminds us that uh, he's, he's also, he, he also 
experience things in a natural way, just like us. Um, Jesus, in his humanity, shared our most basic needs, uh, like food, (laughs) and felt just like us when he went without, hungry. Uh, um, uh, He's felt what we felt. The Bible says we don't have a high priest who can't be touched or sympathize with what we've gone through. Because he was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. But watch him navigate the test of temptation here. Look, look at him. In verse 3, it said, The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, test one, strike one, I would have been out. I would have made one of those, made that thing into some uh, loaf of outback, outback bread, and <laughs> Texas steakhouse rolls. He says, if you are the son of God, the, the tempter, the devil, the Satan... Uh, the adversary of everything that's holy and of God. He, he, he is a person. <laughs> he, he, is, he is real. Uh, but he isn't really questioning if Jesus is the Son of God, saying, if you are the Son of God. But he's, question, he, he's, he's digging, he's signifying, he, but, but why he's questioning but why he should be suffering any need since he's the Son of God. I'm God's child. Why should I have worry or why why should I go without anything at any time? Um, what, What he's trying to get Jesus to do here is abuse his position as the son of God and make him unfit to represent the people as the Messiah. This is what he's after. Look, look, look. Somebody might be thinking, though, uh, you know, it's just bread. A little stone, a little loaf, what? Is the, but but that's, that's, that's how all temptation works. It, you, it's being made to appear small and harmless. It's just, it's just, it's just. The thing uh, uh, behind, and, and, until, it, until it grows and you, and you see it for what it really is. Uh, the thing behind this temptation is for Jesus to use his spiritual authority and power to satisfy his own flesh, denying the dependence and trust he's placed on the Father in this fast and for his ministry. Uh, listen, um, the, the enemy will always look to attack you at your point of weakness. He said, here is God in the flesh, and he has flesh, and he's hungry. Here's the opportunity. In this case, temptation amplifies a natural desire of hunger to make it appear more important than God's will and desire. So temptation does. It amplifies things to make them appear to be more important than God's will and desire. And then people, Jesus could have responded in so many different ways, but he chose to simply speak the word of God. 
Uh, This is this is this is how he chooses. He's dealing with the 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 enemy of creation, speaking to him disrespectfully, I might add. But he chooses to respond in, with just speaking the word of God. If it was good enough for him, if he thought it was necessary. Ha- Having its source and authority in God, it proves to be the perfect weapon. I I wish somebody was with me here. Uh, Jesus responds with a quote from Deuteronomy, and he'll do that for for every response he gives, uh, 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 reminding the enemy, you're not dealing with those folks back in the wilderness. uh, uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 3, he said, said, man shall not live by bread alone. And when Matthew gave his account, he finishes the sentence, but, but, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, Jesus not only quotes the word of God, but shows as a faithful son, he's ready to be obedient to the father's word. Now, it's not just in his mouth. (laughs) Um, He he lets the devil know it's not about eating bread, but depending on the word of God that really gives life. His word, he's saying, is life-giving. I'm sure we don't neglect it. I don't know how many Bibles you have in your house or how many on your phone. I'm sure we don't neglect this life-giving word that Jesus is using as a weapon. Uh, Listen, God's word has given clear guidance on the need to be satisfied in trusting him. That's, that's life. Uh, even, even when we, we have what seem to be overwhelming physical needs. I, I don't know who's been more hungry than Jesus after fasting 40 days. Uh, we aren't to go outside of God's will to fulfill those needs, even if it's within our resources and power to do it. We had to decide if we're going to submit to this word and allow it to be the life that it is. On this wilderness battlefield, look at Jesus. Jesus is demonstrating how we pass the testing of temptation with the weapon of what is written. I know it sounds simple, but keep watching. In verse 5, it says, And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The devil tries next to dangle power in front of Jesus and offer an easy way to it. Look at what you can have instead of waiting for the Father, uh, instead of his way, my way. Just 
worship me and get it now. It almost sounds ridiculous if it wasn't still happening every day. <laughs> um, even though uh, he, he's a liar, and I can, I can say that because the word says that. Jesus says, he's a, Jesus says when he lies, he's doing his thing because that's his nature. So even though he's a liar, the, the, the devil does have influence over the kingdoms of the world. He has a sort of spiritual influence, um, and, it's, and it's, it's over the kingdoms, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, the, the activity. Uh, 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 he, he's, he's, in, he's involved in things. Um, um, but Jesus came to introduce the kingdom of heaven to the world. Uh, Jesus has come to serve notice that the devil's power is only temporary. Uh, 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 we can't give him more credit than he should have. That it's only temporary with Jesus. According to Psalm 2.8, um, it, it was already in the Father's plan to turn all the earth over to his son. So what is he talking about? Uh, um, Jesus, if Jesus were to give in to this temptation, he would be uh, doing what, what Russell Moore mentioned, what he calls exchanging the end time exaltation by the Father for a right now exaltation of a snake. Which one do you want? It's a quick path to a corrupt crown that won't last. Uh, 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 imagine the map. Imagine the map. Um, imagine, imagine a map of the world just being pulled out in front of you. <laughs> Everybody's been in a room with a salesman before. <laughs> I don't, salesman, uh, I would, another story for another time. Just imagine a map of the world being pulled out and, and, and then and then you're told that you'd be in charge of all the territory you see. Whatever you want, you'll be in charge. Just put your finger on it. Whatever you want, you'll be in charge of it. That means even those Caribbean islands, <laughs> Turks and Caicos, <laughs> Mali, that means... Uh, just imagine, just imagine if this is what's being sold to you. This is the, temp this is the temptation. Uh, um, would you be willing to drop your allegiance to God in exchange for the chance to reign and rule in this world? Would you be willing? Oh, uh, Pastor Dwayne, you're being dramatic. Would you, would you be willing? Uh, I, I'm, some people, let's take the map down. We, 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 uh, we will have a chance to, to go into that world. Uh, but, 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 but some people might say even for less. I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced this is what's wrong uh, with the political climate of this world. 
Everyone is interested in increasing their own positions of power instead of being after the glory of God and spreading his influence. I'm convinced this is, this is what's wrong. And then don't get me started on the entertainment industry. Uh, with all of the ungodly, unholy songs and symbols and suggestions they use to gain increasing fame and wealth and and the glory of this world. Uh, And I I won't argue about the conspiracy theories about people selling their souls for fame, but, but they are surely denying and provoking the Lord in exchange for power that won't last. I'm just trying to get you to see what's happening around us. Back, 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 to, back to here, back to this wilderness with Jesus. Uh, is there, before we get there though, is there, is there, is there anything any position of power or advantage in this world that this world could offer that is worth your soul. Jesus would teach his disciples because they were going to receive that Holy Spirit power. And Jesus, he, he reminds them he, by asking the question, well, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Jesus lets the devil know he's not having it. And again, he was responding in the same way. It is written. It is written. Quoting from uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6.13 where God makes it clear in his word that we are to worship him and him only. I I, I mean, I, I thought he made it clear also there in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, in his commandments, he's the only one. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's bowing down to the devil or, or the worship of prosperity and power, God will not share what belongs to him. The scripture says he is a jealous God. Jesus expresses zero tolerance for the thought of dividing worship. Zero talent. He is a son with singular devotion to the Father. We're called that singular devotion to the Father. I hope, and this, this is helpful, I hope uh, we notice by now that Jesus, uh, every time he, it says it is written, he speaks the word with an expectation of obedience. I mean, I mean he's, he's, there's no question marks in the way he says it. I mean, he, he's like, God said it. That settles it. There's no option or negotiation with this word. It, 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 it is written. It stands written. It was written. It's still written. It's still in place. This is what it is. And the devil probably hears the tone of his voice (laughs) and he he moves on to the next thing and and he took him up 
took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are, again with this, uh, the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Oh, it's beautiful. And Jesus answered him, it is said, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but it said, you shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. <laughs> the, this spot, this spot uh, in Jerusalem at, the, at this high point of the temple, it's, it's thought to, to have been uh, ele- uh, an elevation hundreds and hundreds of feet above the valley below. It, it, it may sound by, by him suggesting him to jump uh, that, that the devil wants him dead, but actually he, he wants more than that. He wants him to make a spectacle of himself by leaping off and being saved by the angels. Why is that better than him being dead? Uh, He wants him to demonstrate that he is the Messiah, his way instead of God's way. Can you you see what he's he's doing? Uh, God's plan for the son, for the Messiah, included the suffering of the cross, his death, and, glory to God, his resurrection, all according to his word. Um, The the devil would do anything to prevent that. He's desperate, recognizing uh, Jesus living by the word. He's He's even willing to throw in some scripture in the temptation to persuade him. To, to get him to do what he wants him to do. And, and it might surprise some people uh, uh, to hear the devil quoting scripture, but Satan knows scripture. He knows what God said. This is what makes him so diabolical, to actually know what God says and then do what he does. Hmm. Uh, uh, but... but But here, quoting Psalm 91, trying to coax Jesus to to fall and fail, he twists the scripture out of context. Just like he twisted the word when he was talking to Eve. He twisted out of context. I mean, the, the Lord, you can look in Psalm 91 for yourself, the Lord did say those things about the angel, but he was describing his care for the person trusting him, not someone testing him. Uh, And and it's funny also when he quotes the the scripture, when the devil quotes the scripture, uh, it's funny that he stops quoting uh, right before the part that talks about the one uh, whom the Lord loves it, uh, who, who, who loves and trusts and abides in the Lord, trampling the serpent and the lion under his feet. He stops right before verse 14. He's like, whoa, verse 14. I don't want none of that. And this is the same strategy 
of many of the folks in the cult today under his influence. Taking and using pieces of the word, twisting it to lure peoples out of God, uh, out of God's true will. Still today, still today, um, there's a valuable lesson here. It is, is that just learning the words of Scripture isn't enough for the battle. Uh, you need to, uh, besides knowing the author of the Scripture, <laughs> that's first and foremost, but you need to know what those words from the Lord mean in proper context with everything else he said in order to apply them in the right way. Yeah, uh, content. Uh, Jesus knows that the devil's application of this scripture is actually a contradiction of God's word and God's will. So it can't be right. So, so he strikes back again, quoting from De- Deuteronomy 6 and 16, where the scripture teaches not to test the Lord, not to test the Lord by, by, by taking for granted or questioning the faithfulness and the love of God. It, 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 it's referencing how uh, his people in the Exodus uh, 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 doubted and complained and, and felt like he wasn't going to be there with them when he had freed them from slavery and was promising to take them into a land flowing with milk and honey. They complained and complained and said, where is he? Is he with us? They were testing him. And here, here, Jesus putting himself in a reckless position that he knows the Lord has not directed him into, trying to force God's hand for a miracle would actually show distrust of him. It would be testing him. You, you don't understand what I meant by putting himself in a reckless position. Uh, do, do, uh, it, it is trying to manipulate God. Do, do we ever try to manipulate God into serving us? We can do it in, in many ways. It's, it's, it, it's very tempting. It can happen in praise and worship. It can happen in our prayers. It can happen. Do we do, we, do, we do it? Do we? Somebody said no. So, so do, we, do we test him by not following his commands, his word, and then asking him to step in and bless it, whatever it is? Uh, testing him in relationships he has told us we should not be in unequally yoked. Testing him uh, in, 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 in taking up uh, types of work that take us away from him. Testing him, uh, bowing our heads in front of an extra large double cheese With pepperonis. <laughs> Let this be nourishing. I, I, I've been convicted. I, I, I gotta. You don't. You won't. You, you don't hear it. It's spoken from from the pulpit that that is a part of temptation and testing. 
Well, I mean, because we, we are engaging in what he said, not to engage in uh, 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 participating in habits that lead to harm. And then when we get into harm's way, what do we say? Lord, save me. Cure this. Heal that. Deliver me. Remove them. Remove me. Take that. Back to, back to Jesus. Back to Jesus. Jesus refuses to test God. This is good news. He refuses to test God. He, 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 he goes on and he passes the test and sends Satan kicking rocks, passing, sends him packing. Satan gives him a, a, until the next time. But not only does Jesus pass the test, he's done it for all of us who failed at it over and over again. Uh, come, come close to Jesus. Come close, come close to Jesus. Uh, and, and not only that, he, he gives a road map for passing our future tests. Look at this. The answers, we got an answer key. The answers for the test and weapon for this warfare was, and not only was, but is in the word of God. It, he, he, he shows us the way. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, watch this. It's called for a reason in the middle of battle, the sword of the spirit. And, 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 and full of and led by the spirit, Jesus causes the enemy to flee by the word of God. I, I, I can't overstate this. It was Jesus' weapon of choice for battle. Shouldn't it be ours? Shouldn't it be ours? Uh, sticking with what is written, we don't lose, we can't lose. Matthew, uh, his account adds at the end that angels came and ministered to Jesus when the battle was over. Amen. When the battle was over, angels came and ministered. And I was so thankful that when we walk in God's word, we can trust him to restore whatever's depleted in us. We don't lose. We don't lose when this is our weapon in our way. But but I Last warning, and before we close, make no mistake, the enemy will customize temptation just for you. He knows what, what color, what size, what shape, how shiny, how dull. He knows. And, and sometimes as he customizes it, uh, uh, um, let he who thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. Sometimes uh, he, he does it using the blatant things like drugs and pornography and all those things we like to preach against. But other times he does it using more subtle temptation disguised as things like ambition and self-sufficiency. 
whatever it is, most times the battle for us won't take place in a wilderness, but in our own hearts and minds. But no matter what the shape or size of the temptation, the ultimate goal is to draw you away from being faithful and obedient to God. It's the design of it. And, and no matter how good it looks or sounds, it always calls you to settle for a lesser thing than what God desires for you. Think about this when temptation shows up. And the, the, like, like, last questions for you. How do you manage when temptation comes your way? Uh, do you, do you, do you reach for the word or do you try to navigate it with your own wisdom and ingenuity and bank account and how do you navigate? Next question, because some of, some of us try to navigate it with the word. Have you spent enough time with the word that it could help you fight your way past temptation? Have you? Are you familiar enough with the weapon to use it? Can you say with confidence, it is written in the face of a temptation? When, when, when temptation floods in, can you, can you say it is written that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Uh, when, when, when you trip and happen to stumble into sin and you're ready to give up, can you say it is written in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you say uh, uh, in times of, of, of fear and the temptation to be afraid and to hide and to run is all around you? Can you say like David in Psalm 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. It is written. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? Can you say with conviction that it is written when it looks like there's no way, when it looks like you have to try to figure it out on your own? Can you say with conviction that all I need to do is trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he will direct my path. Can you say it is written when the temptation comes knocking on our door? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I don't care how well you can rumble. I don't care how big your bank account is. I don't care. The weapons of our warfare, not, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. The word is our weapon in times of temptation. With it, we resist the enemy and he will flee. 